a Highline podcast. No normal people. Hello, my friends, and welcome to No Normal People. I'm your host, Stephen Henning, and this is a podcast where my wife, Dixie Lee Henning, and I prove that the more you get to know the normal people in your life, you discover that there really are no normal people in your life. Dixie is down with a migraine this evening. You know, sometimes she's down when we have an interview scheduled to record, but this time she's on the interview, but she's down this evening with a migraine. So, hoping she gets better soon. In the meantime, I can tell you about my favorite migraine trigger. No, (laughs) that's not a good way to say that. I'm thinking about my coffee, the No Normal People Coffee Blend. I hear that things like chocolate and coffee are migraine triggers. So, if you are prone, you may sit this one out. But, if you are not prone to migraines, may I recommend a delicious bag of No Normal People Coffee roasted by our friend Gary at Revel Coffee here in Billings. I have been enjoying a good French press of this probably once or twice every weekend now. And I kind of hog it to myself, if I'm honest. I don't like to share it because it's so good. And it really, yeah, Dixie likes this oatmeal, oatmeal. No, she likes this oat milk kind of like French vanilla creamer. And uh, if I'm honest, it just feels a little sacrilegious. The No Normal People coffee should be drank black as God intended, as it were. Um, yeah, so head on over to the Highline merch shop and pick up a bag for yourself. Gary roasts it the same day he puts it in the mail for you, so you are getting the freshest bag of coffee you could possibly get from your favorite podcasters, from your favorite roaster in Billings. And it all goes to, uh, you know, making Dixie and I happy. Let's see, a couple announcements. Dixie and I will be taking a break for the month of June. We would normally have a new episode coming out in two weeks from now. We are going to forego that release and we will be back the first week of July to enjoy a bit of family, enjoy a bit of summer. You should also go listen to the other Highline Media Network shows. Dixie and I are very proud of what we're doing here at the Highline Media Network. In case you haven't heard, I can't imagine that you haven't at this point, but I do host a podcast with my friends Josh Lou Allen and Emily Reddinghouse called Ravel, where we discuss different ideas of American Christianity. At the time this episode is coming out, uh, last week we had a new episode all about cults and specifically like how cults almost market themselves. And then it turns into a conversation about how churches ought to do the same. And uh, tomorrow, Ravel is releasing an episode all about aliens, so get ready for that. Whiskey Bench has been having a ton of fun. My friend Alex Falcongrove of No Normal People Stardom, I think he was back in like episode, gosh, 16, he and I were best friends. Well, I don't need to tell the story again. He, he guest hosted on the Whiskey Bench for me, where Cat Dwyer, Stephen Torna, and Alex, they dug into regulation around raw milk. 
And our most recent episode is one where I pitched kind of a running segment that I hope to catch on that I just affectionately call the goods, where we just talk about what we're celebrating, what we're excited about. I talk a lot about SpaceX, so if you're into that, come on over to the Whiskey Bench. And speaking of Alex Falcongrove, he is bringing the heat with his new podcast, with his family, with his parents, with his wife, and his best friend, Kevin, with the Into podcast. I'm sure you saw the new trailer out on the No Normal People feed, if you listen along. They have two episodes out of season two on the Highline Network. The first is almost a three-hour conversation digging into the concept of consent. And the second one is a kind of heart-wrenching, stomach-turning game they play called The God Committee. And it's a great, it's, a, it's, it's primo podcasting is what it is. These shows represent to me us normal people. Like we have regular jobs. We have regular lives. Sometimes a podcast is late. Sometimes it's not quite perfect, but we are proud of our audio quality. We're proud of our social media. And what we are is we are normal people looking to get ideas out there. We don't have to be from big, fancy media hubs like L.A. or New York or even Austin, Texas now, I guess. And we don't have to be celebrity names to share information and also just share opinions and ideas that matter to us. We don't have to be your Joe Rogans or your Brene Browns. I'm really proud of this Highline Network. So if you don't already... Go listen to the other Normal People podcasts on the Highline Network. Our guest today on No Normal People is none other than my new friend, Sam Shipman. Sam was one of the brave individuals that came and signed up to be on the show, which you also can do. If you'd ever like to be on No Normal People yourself, come on over to our page on highline.network slash shows slash no normal people. That's no with a K, K K-N-O-W, normal people. Send us an email and sign up to be on the show yourself, like Sam did. Sam lives in Massachusetts. This is where he grew up. And he tells us all sorts of fun stories about growing up Christian, which incidentally happens to be the name of his own podcast. Sam is full of fun stories that you ought to listen to. And to be honest, I'm tired of you not hearing about it. So let's go to our interview with Sam Shipman. We are going to get started with some rapid fire questions. These are going to be either or just straight from the gut. Are you ready, Sam? I'm ready. Oceans or lakes? Oceans. East coast or west coast? Oh, I live on the east coast and I don't want to move to the west coast. So we're going to go with east coast (laughs) on this one. I love that answer. Shows or movies? Definitely shows. Phone calls or texts? Depends on who you are. City or country? Suburbs? (laughs) <laughs> oh, there you go. I'm bad at this. <laughs> and in between. A while ago, there was controversy around whether the dress was black and blue or white and gold. Uh, I think I saw white and gold. Task-oriented or people-oriented? Um, I view all people as tasks. No, people-oriented. <laughs> <laughs> Take that, mom. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> um, <laughs> rain or sun? Sun. Hogwarts or the Shire? Hogwarts. Yeah. Tea Sorry. or coffee? Coffee. Change or consistency? Mm, I think I like consistency, even though I'd like to pretend I don't. Nice. Laundry or dishes? Dishes. Spender or saver? Uh, it's saver, for sure. Do you call it soda or pop? God, soda. <laughs> <laughs> I'm personally offended. 
Not a question. Oh, I'm so sorry. Introvert or extrovert? Introvert, probably. Perfect. Nailed it. Okay, well, the next set of questions are icebreakers. These are ones you do get to elaborate on. <laughs> we will start with, what is your favorite sport or physical activity to participate in? Uh, the only one that I do participate in is disc golf. Yes, absolutely. So it, Why am I it here? To be my favorite like I, Sam and me. Look at us go. Yeah. <laughs> disc golf is like, I'm not, I've been playing for like probably, I don't know, probably six years, maybe a little more. And I have never gotten any better. I'm wicked bad. <laughs> <laughs> and it doesn't matter. And I also like, whenever I go, it's always like me and my friend, like one friend, maybe two. And we just like drink and play disc golf and then sit around for an hour when we're done. Right. Just to like, there not, you go. just to do something. It's like, it's so much like a, it's like going on a hike for me, you know, it's just like to get out and do something. Yep. It's an one excuse our, to walk around. One of our friends yeah. and past guest, um, Michael Clausen, he just, got his seventh ace yeah he's insane Oof. he's so good i have yet to get one of those <laughs> he's insane it's ridiculous okay next question that's nuts. absolute favorite meal that's hard that's a hard question uh <laughs> i like i want to go with because maybe because i just had thai food tonight i'm thinking of uh masam and curry and that's why it's on my brain oh so. there you go that's pretty good. But also there's this other noodle place that I've been obsessed with and it has like one of the best pad CUs I've ever had. Mm. And it's close to where I work. So I've been getting that very frequently. Dang, awesome. Nice. What is the best live concert you've ever been to? Okay. The first one that just came to my mind was when, do you guys know what purple door is? No, I don't. It was a music festival in Pennsylvania. I have two come to my mind. So can I give two or do I get one? No, you asked for the best. Uh, feels <laughs> uh, these kind of questions give me way more like anxiety than I was expecting. Oh no. Um, well, no, I'm just kidding. We'll stick with, we'll stick with one. So purple door is a music festival in Pennsylvania or was, I don't know if they still do it anymore. It was like a, I think it was Christian music festival. It was because it was like, the year I went was like the year, I don't know if anyone who listens to this is going to be familiar with a lot of these, any of these bands, but it was like before or right around the time that August Burns Red put out their first album right. um, a band called Still Remains, um, yeah. who was like, yeah, yeah, they, ugh, I, I was a huge fan of theirs. And that was before their first full length even came out. They were playing on like a small stage in the back. Wow. And, um, but you know, Norma Jean was there, Me Without You, The Chariot. And the coolest thing about it was like, as a huge fan of all the, the th I mean, the aforementioned three bands was for anyone who doesn't know, like uh, the guy who did the vocals for the chariot used to do them for Norma Jean. He left, started the chariot, different guy took over after Norma Jean's like first album. Yeah. And, and on Norma Jean's first album, Aaron Weiss for me without you did a song. I don't even remember this. I was like, uh, Memphis will be laid to no. What is it? It was Memphis something. I don't remember, but it was like Aaron had like this vocal part in it. And I was, that was the first thing I ever heard from him. And then, so a couple of years later, you know, I go to purple door and Norma Jean plays that song. And then the dude from the chariot comes out and does the vocals for it. And then Aaron Weiss jumps on oh, stage to do his part. And cool. they were all together for that. Absolutely. And it was like, I just remember like it being the most, it, like that, like that, it was just so fun. That I engineered was like, crossover was yeah, just had, perfect. Like, the stars yeah. aligned. <laughs> 
they, they exactly i was like grinning i was just watching it with like wide eyes and grinning Dude, ear to ear that that is amazing i oh yes i had a similar similar experience to the one and only warped tour i ever went to where like oh yeah yeah we're just like the guest spots oh it was it was after uh memphis mayfire came out with challenger and they had that crossover okay. with the singer from uh sleeping with sirens was yeah, the crossover yeah, yeah. and then yeah they they shared the stage and it was a blast and uh i died a little inside it was amazing why yeah. why, why do metal bands name name themselves this way that's that's a topic of infinite yeah <laughs> my, my favorite is the consistently like verb the noun yes. you know, yes. the day. yes um, verb the noun is a classic reddit goof like, um yeah <laughs> like guys come on no stop yeah, I, I like the more brutal. I love when they get to like really like brutal names. You yeah, know? yeah. Like corn. I, used to, I got got into, no, no. I'm thinking, like <laughs> impending doom like, or cannibal yeah. corpse or yeah, yeah, cannibal corpse like uh, black dahlia murder, suicide silence, oh all those gosh. kind of things. Yeah, it's the, it's just all very early two thousands edgy. Very is what they're angry going for. kids. Just so good. Yep. Got to get it out. Right, Sam. <laughs> what? Yeah. What is a smell that takes you back to a good memory in your childhood? Creep the smell of creepy crawlers. Oh. What? <laughs> what? That's so good. No. Oh, Dixie's confused. Uh, it's like you don't know do you know what creepy crawlers are, Dixie? May- no, maybe? No. It was like, you know, when sexism for is like how like everything has to be like gendered, boys toys, girls toys. Okay. Like yeah, girls yeah. had easy bake ovens, oh. boys had creepy crawlers. Okay. And you would like Put the goo in the molds and make the. I like, know exactly what you're bugs. talking about now. I yeah. thought you were talking about like actual like bugs. <laughs> and I was like, why did you have so much opportunity to smell bugs? Must be an East Coast as a thing. child. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <that's laughs> no, I like the smell of creepy girl. If I ever, like, it's. I mean, it's probably like a like the like melting rubber. No, oh, yeah. I don't know what that smells. Totally. I had an easy bake I smell oven. it, and I instantly am like, oh. Totally. Sometimes you just crave that that like raw brownie that's cooked by a light bulb, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, we got my uh, my um my brother in law got my daughter an easy bake oven for <laughs> uh, Christmas this past year. Oh, fantastic! There you go. What's one thing on your bucket list? Oh boy, I don't consider those things. Um, I don't have a bucket list. Oh, I don't. I love that answer. Have anything that i'm like i need to do this before i die sure. i don't think good answer i'd be fine like not really doing much else than what i'm doing you know there you go <laughs> like it's not skydiving it's not bungee like I, I don't even know if i'd try those things but i just don't feel exciting enough to have those what's your favorite morning drink oh just coffee coffee I mean, what else is there? I mean, <laughs> I know there's tea. And for you weirdos in eighth grade who still drink Mountain Dew. That's, I mean, wow. Yes. Gross. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Do you have a secret talent? No, I don't have any talents. <laughs> <laughs> and you wouldn't keep them secret if you did, right? <laughs> no, I would be so pumped that I found something. If I, I have really a talent, good, you like, already know at. about it. Yeah, I, Everyone would know. That's... Like You wouldn't believe it, guys. I just found out that I'm really good at it. Have you ever feared for your life? Mm, no. Easy. If you could have one superpower, what would it be? 
I just would think teleporting would be dope. Absolutely. Yeah, it really cuts down I, on travel like, costs. Yeah, I like I like <laughs> the idea of traveling, but I'm so non-committal to things like that that it's like if I could take the work out of it, yeah, of course. Totally. I'd see everything. I'd go but, everywhere. So, Do you like to be surprised? Mm, would like it depends on the surprise. I, I mean, if it's like things and I guess actually, yeah, being surprised like a surprise like, gift or like a like birthday it. party or something. I, my 30th birthday was a surprise party and I had absolutely no idea it was coming. Nice. And I was like, I, I, I was a blast. I was like the funnest party of my life. Oh, fantastic. I love that. My thirtieth mm. birthday party is going to be funeral themed. No, what? Okay, that's really dark. <laughs> no, <Yeah>. everyone <laughs> really changed black. the vibe on us there. <laughs> Jeez, Dixie. There's going to be a coffin full of nachos. What would you say is your proudest accomplishment? Man, this isn't going to sound like I'm being a sad sack, but I don't feel like I have a lot of accomplishments. Maybe I. I don't think. I don't know. I'm not like wildly proud of I'm not saying I'm not proud of where I'm at. I just don't, uh, I don't know. You don't dwell in that the, area. Yeah. I'm not like, these are the uh, things I've done in my life that I'm really proud of. I mean, cool. I went to college. I don't know. I'm not super proud of where I went to college, <laughs> so it doesn't matter. I don't know. I mean, I, I mean, just in general, it's like, I'm until I see people who are doing better than I am in life, I'm like, I'm okay where, where I'm at until I get jealous. Mm, <laughs> then I'm like, go. Oh, I ruined everything. I I'm guess worthless. I'll work on you know, me. You teeter back and forth between <laughs> satisfaction and hopelessness. It's fun. Sure. Oh man. There you go. My <laughs> next sweet spot. <laughs> I love, I love that. This is my next question on the list. It's a new one for us, but do you have a favorite failure? Maybe a story of a time you failed that set you up for, something future success or just taught you a lesson um it's weird I, you know I, it's i i could argue that some of the things that I've, i it's hard to say they were failures but i guess things that like i did that i'm like i really wish i had done something different and would certainly advise everybody else to do something different yeah were also things like were also things in my life that you know brought about really um, impactful moments for me. I don't know how detailed we want to get. Uh, mm. There's not really a short answer for it, but like, well, that sounds exactly what I'm looking for. Kind of that thing yeah. where it's like, Oh man, I really screwed things up, but it sets you up for something in the future that maybe turned out for the better or taught you a lesson about how to continue living. Yeah. So I guess like to get into, I mean, a little detail when I was at, uh, I, I went to Liberty university. Um, don't do it. Anybody just don't, uh. but it's when I was there, like my wife and I met a, a woman there who um, ended up, she ended up going, I ended up in prison, but after she like, wow, it was the weirdest circumstances about how we met her, but basically we just met her like uh, on a street corner and she was yelling at us. And then we started talking to her, turned out things weren't going super great for her. And then, you know, we ended up just hanging out with her like for a lot, like we'd spent probably spent like six, seven, eight months, like just picking her up, taking her out, hmm. spending time with her until she um, ended up, she ended up in, in jail for, I don't know. that's a complicated thing too. But after she got out of jail, she ended up living with us for a little while until she was able to get back on her feet. And I'm like, in general, uh, all the things that I, I guess just it, it, that I participated in 
throughout my life, maybe various churches as someone who was, grew up in an evangelical environment and drifted around different evangelical settings were like, I have ultimately problems with all of those settings. You know, though all those settings simultaneously brought really good things into my life and taught me a lot mm. about the kind of person that I want to be. So yeah. it's like a weird back and forth of like thinking that like, if it wasn't for those uh, settings, I wouldn't have gone and I, I got a Bible degree from Liberty University and I'm like, I don't use that and I don't care to. And <laughs> right. it's, it's like, that was a lot of time and wasted energy. And I, I, I often feel negatively towards it. But then I think of like the experiences that came out of it or the types of people that I met while I was there mm. and the trajectory that it put me on. And it's like, you know, if you wipe that out, I don't, I don't know who I'd be. So yeah, it's kind totally. of like, I think that's kind of maybe sort of an answer to your question. That's a great answer. I loved that. Thank you. To make it a little more lighthearted then, after following that, what are foods you will never eat? Olives are terrible. <laughs> olives. All olives. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. That's honestly, I used to be the pickiest eater and I would like, people make fun of picky eaters. Yeah. And I hate that because I'm like, I don't, I'm not choosing to not like these foods. You just I got know so what you like. Right. That I, yeah. But I got so tired of it that I was like, I chose deliberately to eat things I didn't like constantly. And now I generally feel like I like everything, but olives are t are terrible. That is peppers are kind of on that list. I don't <laughs> really like peppers, but they they get a pass. You'll stand up. <laughs> yeah, they get a pass. You'll That's tolerate fair. it. What is the worst fashion trend you've ever participated in? Uh, the hair, the swoopy hair. The swoopy, like the beaver hair, a little bit emo swoopy hair. Yeah, yeah it was like the emo, where like, like over yeah. one it's eye. Like, it, yeah. yeah, definitely over one eye. If um, I thought people were looking and I wanted to look mysterious. Yeah, but like the <laughs> early, like early attack attack vibe. Yes, yeah. yeah. So like where it's like it swoops from like the, you because it's long in the front you but shorter in the back. At like your right ear yeah and you swoop that, it to your left ear yeah, yeah. reverse so like with the little everything on <laughs> yeah. the side of your face swoops into your face a little bit and yep. then goes yep. yeah oh yeah we were absolutely that, yep some regrets i get that <laughs> who would you call your best friend my boy jesse i've been friends with him since i was 17 he's the one that kind of like helped me really get into metal did a band with him in high school excellent and uh i still talk i talk to him just about every day still after uh all these years so and finally for the icebreakers here when you were little what did you tell people you wanted to be when you grew up i didn't i never told anyone anything that <laughs> you I never I, I had no i didn't, didn't even think about it i don't think sam i love that you're so consistent like i ask you what your bucket list is and you're like i don't think i have one i'm just <laughs> <Yeah>. not there <laughs> I know. I apparently, a that's a trend a throughout list. my life. Yeah. You're just very, you're just very in the present. Let's say it that yeah. way. You're just like, I don't care what's in the future. I'm just here now. So, yeah. <laughs> what am I worried about? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Until you ask me about, like, oh, did you set up your 401k? No, I haven't done that yet. It's like turning. <laughs> it's like you, you, tra time. you turn a certain age, and it's like. <laughs> Your uh, living in the present turns into irresponsibility really. Oh, yeah. Mm. <laughs> right. Fact. Absolutely. Well, <laughs> all right. So that's the end of those icebreakers. Thanks for uh, enduring some of those ones. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, that's fun. Sam Shipman, thank you so much for being on our podcast. It's an honor to have you on No Normal People today. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Um, well, let's get 
started, I mean, we've heard quite a bit about you already, but would you introduce us, just basically introduce us to you a little bit? Um, let's start with where you grew up and what your family was like growing up. Yeah. So I, I grew up on, I don't know if anyone's familiar with like Cape Cod, Massachusetts. Mm. Premier destination spot. <laughs> uh, Primo you know, vacation. I mean, it's, if you live in New England, it's like a, a big vacation spot. But um, it's like if you're looking at a map of the U.S., Massachusetts has that little arm that hooks out. Plymouth is, you know, yep. not quite on the Cape, but everyone knows Plymouth because pilgrims and shit. Absolutely. So. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> so we um, so but I, I grew up in like the center of Cape Cod and I was I went to like a, I grew up in a super conservative evangelical home. My parents were like the type, which is super common and something that I feel like I'm still trying to unpack a little bit when it comes to the trends we see in religion. Uh, but, you know, I grew up, I mean, my parents got like, quote unquote, saved or converted to evangelical Christianity in their mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. early 20s and then had kids and stuff. So, you know, they're they're in this kind of new, new type of newfound faith and, you know, they're raising their kids and they put us into like a private Christian school. Uh, I have an older brother who's like a year and a half older than me, mm. a younger brother who's three and a half years younger than me. And then a, a younger sister who's like seven years younger than me. But my brother and I were, went to this private Christian school, which we were in until, uh, until I was going into third grade. They took my siblings and I out or my brother and I out. I don't think my brother was quite a younger brother was old enough to be in school yet, but we, they decided to homeschool us. Uh, and from which I was homeschooled until I graduated high school. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, grew up in the super involved in, it was a non-denominational church, which is like a, basically Southern Baptist without <laughs> the Southern drawls. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. We, we are yeah. very familiar with yeah. that type. It's like <laughs> theologically, you're not going to find any real difference between them. Yeah. Um, but they're non-denominational. They just don't want to <laughs> yeah. answer to a conference. Yeah. It, yeah. They don't want to pay basically union dues. To yeah. The SBC, Essentially. What yeah. It down to. They yep. want to keep their money. Right. Um, so, you know, I had, I don't actually, even before that though, uh, when I, I, you know, we only, I only started really going to a church a little bit, maybe in like seventh grade. Uh, before that we, um, did a home church with like five other families. Oh, wow. Mm. Okay. Yeah. So I was homeschooled, home church. We did all that. And then eventually, you know, everyone found, like, one of the families started going to a church uh, in our area and they, I, that kind of piqued everybody's interest because they, they were able to find a, a church that was like, quote unquote, a good Bible believing church, which <laughs> anyone who understands, understands. I don't need yeah. to get into that. Right. If you know, you know. <laughs> Um, <laughs> so the, everyone's like, oh, that's interesting. Maybe we should check it out. So one by one, like our, our home church started, like people started, you know, sporadically going there, coming back. And then we all kind of ended up just going there. And that was a really good experience for me as a, as a kid who didn't, I, I felt like I knew any different from that, that world. Um, so that was being, you know, homeschooled, like Outside of homeschooled home church, the only people I knew that I was friends with were the the other people in our home yeah, church. Yeah, totally. Uh, so that was the first time that I met other people. Wow. Yeah, really um, opened up your social circle. Yeah, uh, and by a good bit. And you know, you meet like as a young boy, I'm like 
finally like meet girls that aren't the same girl that I've seen for the past rest <laughs> of my life. And I'm like, yeah, you can be attracted to people and, and find other guys that I'm like, Oh, I really like this person. Like maybe I'll have some new friends. Like it was exciting. I was like, that was a really exciting time in my life. And yeah, um, totally. My overall experience there was very positive, you know, the junior high youth group, all that kind of stuff. And then um, really felt like I was connecting and, and was excited about that. And then my, parents were like we're gonna move a uh, <laughs> couple hours away so classic yeah and it was of course like the classic reason anybody really moves which is dad's work mm-hmm. and mm. we we move a couple hours away and do the whole like looking for churches thing but it, it was about a year i was probably a senior in high school when um uh, no sorry uh, i mean i mean freshman in high school when we we landed at a church that we stayed at until i mean my parents still go there so like that's the they're still going, I, but that was the church that I was in until I graduated. You know, I, I generally had a good, a fine experience. I, I think I thought it was good. And then like, but I, there was also things I didn't like, I, I always struggled to like fit in. I think feeling like being a homeschooled kid, like you couldn't really break through into the groups of people that I was, that I thought I wanted to be friends with. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Then, yeah. That was, that was going to be my next question is, did you, do you feel like you missed out on something by never uh, like by never being a part of public school through like high school graduation. Uh, yeah. And no, I mean, I don't know who I would have met in high school where I would have been like still friends with to this day, you know? Yeah. Um, okay. What's funny is that, I mean, my wife, I met her at that church. So I was like, a, I might've been a sophomore at the time. Wow. Yeah. And her, I ended up becoming friends with like her friends from high school who, who mm-hmm. would go to that church too they're all still my friends you know like I'm, that's not super common for people so i've been friends with the same people since i was like 17 years old and man it's crazy so it's like, how many parallels between li- you and you're i literally telling steven's <laughs> yeah. story i love yeah, it that's awesome yeah i was yeah. i was so i was homeschooled till eighth grade and then i went to public school ninth through okay uh 12th like i graduated from public school and I absolutely loved that setup. And that was that was straight up. My parents literally gave me the choice at the end of middle school. They were like, do you want to stay homeschooled or do oh, you really? want to try public school? And more it was driven by my uh, my interest in music. And like, you, and would, a girl. you know, there's like a... Uh, and a girl. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> um, <laughs> but like, there's, there's not a lot of opportunities. I don't know if you ever a part of homeschool co-ops. But oh, like, was I ever. But a homeschool co-op <laughs> choir being like three people versus like, if I have the choice to go to public school and join a choir, that's like 50 kids. Like, absolutely. I'm going to do that. <laughs> yeah. So my it, dude, it's so fun. Like, so the thing that I feel like I actually, the only reason I wanted to not be homeschooled really was I didn't care about going to the public high school that I would have gone to. Right. Like I, I wasn't worried about like making friends, but it was just, it's a, it was a big school and I just didn't, I didn't really care. I didn't have like anything there where like, mm. there were kids in my youth group who went there, but I'm like, I know if I go to that school, those aren't going to be my people. Mm. So yeah, I didn't care that much, but I, re- my friend who I had just mentioned, Jesse, he went to a tech school and I didn't, that's how I kind of got the idea of what a tech school was. And I'm like, that's, I want to go there. Like I want to go to a tech school and learn oh. something useful yeah, and I brought that up to my parents, and my mom was like, "It was kind of just shut down." I was like, "No, we're going to homeschool you," and, mm. and that was because they had very—I mean, I don't know—it's like their social group, maybe things they had learned along the way, but they were very adamant 
about giving us a good uh, Christian education because, you know, you go to public school, you hear, you get taught like evolution or a yeah. history that isn't yeah. Christian nationalist. The boogeyman Charles Darwin starts showing up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, that, you know, it got shot down. And I think that's the only thing when you like, I, I'm a tangential person, but getting back to like the things that I missed out on or like wish like that I think I missed out on. Sure. That's it. I, I think that I would be infinitely happier even to this day if I felt like presuming I got into a trade that I would have enjoyed. Uh, a lot of kids go to a tech school, get into a trade, and they're like, yeah, this is terrible. Uh, like my friend did plumbing, <laughs> and he didn't do plumbing a day in his life after he graduated. He's like, I hate it so much. Classic. Whoa. Oh, okay. There you go. <laughs> but I would have loved, I mean, I, I'm like 32. I'm just sitting around this age. I'm like, I wish more than anything I started a trade that long ago. And right now I could be like, have a truck with my name on the side of it and just yeah work monday through friday and make a decent living right like and not have to like sell myself and my personality off to like whoever i think needs to think that i'm a certain way to please this person or that person in a corporate setting whatever like i would i really that's one of the only things that i'm like one of the only as i'm complaining about where i ended (laughs) up in life (laughs) bummer guys Uh, (laughs) no but i think that would have been good for me i i I think i would have enjoyed that and i don't even know if i recognize that so much of the time i might have just not wanted to be homeschooled sure you know this is all hindsight i'm like that sounds like a decent way to live your life yeah i'm here (laughs) have you ever considered going back and getting a certification from a trade school now yeah, the only I I think I I thought about it a lot, but I you know I got I got two kids, a mortgage, and I'm like I can't go back to really making that m- little money, like to right. start something. Oh, like fresh, yeah, you know? to start from like an if, apprenticeship level or something like that. Right. Sure. If I didn't have anyone else to worry about other than myself, I'd slum it within an apartment with six other people and restart my life at thirty. Mm, yeah. Too, but um, I just don't really have that luxury, unfortunately. Right. Oh man. So after graduating homeschool high school which is quite an event. I remember the homeschool <laughs> high school graduation. Yeah, those are so weird. <laughs> it's like your parents give you your diploma and it's just like a piece of paper. Yeah. And every set, of, every set of parents had to give like a 10 minute speech about their <laughs> child. And yeah, Oh God, it that was... sounds awful. We didn't do that. <laughs> I went to support my friend because again, I was, I was one of the public school heathens at that Thank point, God. but I went to the, <laughs> I went to the graduation because I knew so many people that were still homeschooled through 12th grade. And uh, yeah, it was quite the ceremony. But after you finish high school, uh, you go off to Liberty University. Was that like pretty much right after you graduated? Yeah. I mean, I did a, um, I did a year at community college to just like pay for that out of pocket and then transferred my credits and my, my youth pastor went there and we did like a college for a weekend. And I was like, this place seems cool. Mm. Uh, (laughs) I was so conditioned to also want to like, I don't know, like this is, I'm trying to think of like the shortest way to tell the story, but I I really, I was one of those kids that really took to my faith uh, in high school. So like it was super important to me to feel like people thought that I was like a good Christian or like yeah. new stuff and was smart. Like, yeah. Like you're on the right know. path. Was, yeah. It was really, it mattered to me so much what people thought. And I, I didn't recognize it at the time, but it was, a, I there's a lot of like, I just want people to be pleased with me and, and the setting that I was in mm. kind of cultivates the only real path is to entrench yourself deeper into 
the the type of Christianity that I, I grew up in. So, and again, that subconscious, like I really thought, and at some level, I probably really, I, I'm interested in learning about I, religion matters to me, uh, even to this day, to, uh, maybe just differently. But I think what was I, what's hard for me to parse out when I look back on it is I don't know what I would have done if I grew up in a different environment, would I have just gone on to just general philosophy? Would I have been mm. interested in religion at all? Like I yeah, don't totally. looking at my personality type, what would I have been interested? But at that time, you know, I'm young and like all you're really interested in is just the like you, you're, you want to know the truth. Right. So like I'm on like, but I, I was, it had already been handed to me. There wasn't a lot more digging to do. So my idea wow. of, of knowing the truth was just memorizing more information from the, type of faith that i already had sure so i to me it was like i I had friends that went off to different christian colleges like maybe messiah or uh in pennsylvania or gordon in boston i'm like i was concerned for them because i'm like those are messiah's a little more liberal gordon's a pretty conservative college and i'm like but they weren't as conservative as the one i was going they weren't liberty right yeah right and that's what i think is weird i'm like i picked liberty because like college is where you're supposed to go to be challenged and learn. Yeah. But when you're an evangelical Christian, it's where you go to reinforce what you've already been told is true. And it takes the academics out of it in a lot of ways. I remember telling, talking to a friend, like asking what their Bible classes would teach. And like, cause I was worried that they're going to be taught anything mm. too liberal and that, yeah. cause that's wrong. It's wrong. And that makes you one step closer to hell because being right about these things is what makes you go to heaven. I never would have said that. I never wow. thought it was about being right. You're like, it's about your personal relationship with Jesus. But no, it's about assent to theological propositions is all that it was. Sure. Um, and then everything else is just like, he, I just felt like uh, lip service to this concept of faith and grace. And I don't know, right. it got really played out for me. Wow. Wow. Okay. So after community college, you go to Liberty. Uh, it sounds like, your wife who you met in high school also came to Liberty. Yeah. So she, uh, she's a year ahead of me. So she graduated high school and she went to, uh, I was a senior. Okay. She went to word of life Bible college in New York mm-hmm. and then she went to Liberty. So her first year at Liberty was my first year at community college. Wow. We were dating at this time. Yeah. And then I decided to, you know, I was planning on going to Liberty after that. So, and of course that's what I did. I, I transferred there. Uh, I spent sure. a year on a dorm and then, had a miserable experience on the dorms. That was not great. Um, the brief of it is I didn't know who my roommates were. I didn't know anyone to like room with. Mm. And I got stuck with identical twins who dressed the same every day and never talked to me for an entire year. So what? Yep. That was weird. That honestly sounds like just the matrix broke for you. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like the simulation just broke down. (laughs) Yeah. That's what it felt like. That's like, that's Actually, probably my favorite way I've heard him put at this point. That is so was, wild. Like, what? The first, like whoever got up first for classes would like lay out the other one's clothes on their bed. So that way they could get dressed wow. and wear the same thing. It was so wow. fucking weird. See, I know twins and the, I can't even say majority. Literally all the twins I know go like they want to individuate at some point. But yeah. like all the way through college dressing the same and dude. That's weird. Same degree too. That's, Both wanted to be teachers. That's weird. at the same at their high, high school they graduated from. Oh my gosh, what? I the, don't know. I, I, they're just leaning into a gimmick. <laughs> yeah, it was like 
this isn't real. Like I have to be in a dream world. Yeah. If anything's reinforced simulation theory, it was that. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my yeah, seriously. That's crazy. Okay. <laughs> so one one bad year on the dorms, but you you stay at Liberty, stick it out for the Bible yeah. degree. Is that right? Yeah, I ended up moving off campus. I dropped out for like a semester, maybe a year because mm-hmm. I hated spending all that money. Uh, I got a full-time job on campus. That, that's why I, I stopped going to school with the intent of finding a full-time job on campus, because mm. then you could go back to school part-time for free. Right. So yep. yeah. that's what I did until I graduated. Um, there you so go. I worked at the school, made some good friends while I was there, and just finished out my degree. Right on. And after that, do you, do you, I don't, wh- where do you go from there? Where do you go from college? So I moved back to Massachusetts. I had this like pipe dream of living in Boston. Okay. And is that a common Massachusetts thing? Um, I don't know. Boston is so like, I I never lived more than like a little over an hour away from Boston. Like Boston's not until you get out West of me, Boston's within like an hour or hour and half of like everywhere. Oh, gotcha. In Massachusetts. Massachusetts isn't big. So a lot of people go there. Right. uh, And it's like, it's not a hard place to get to or navigate. You can usually like go in, park outside the city, go in for the day, like by the train or whatever. So Mm, nice. You know, a lot, it's like a, it's a cool place. And, uh, but I was like, I always wanted to live there. And my youth pastor uh, moved, like he started a church out in Boston. So that became Mm. like my, that, that kind of gave me some grounding or a reason to go there. I was like, I'll go and be part of this like church plant thing. So, I see. Um, okay. So that's what we, we I graduated and me and my wife moved. We were married at the time. We got married. I got married like three days after I turned 21, like a good Christian boy. Wow. Uh, there you go. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, nice and young. Dixie, so, Dixie and I got married. Uh, I was 20 at the time. Oh yeah. Yep. Absolutely. That's, yeah. T- you see, you, you know the drill. <laughs> and of course I, I mean, it worked out like that's, what's great. I'm like, I mean, a friend of mine who also got married at such a young, I have a friend who got married is around the same time I did. I think his marriage lasted six or seven years, but it was like, Oh wow. So I I've seen it go the other way for a lot of people. Um, totally. luckily like, and, and there's, you can review the data and there's some pretty obvious reasons for why that might be the case, but it worked out for us. So I'm still here. So, so you guys got married right after you finished college. It was while we were in college. Yeah. Um, oh, man. And then I, I finished college when I, like in, when did I move back? It was like, it might've been, I can't remember if it was 2011 or 2012. It was January. Um, I, I just finished my, it was literally waiting for me to finish my last class. And then, cause I had to work at the school to get it paid for. And then, oh, and yeah. then we moved back. Yeah, and that's right. We found it. Yeah. We found it like a place because I mean, because I knew the guy who had started this church, I knew a couple other people who had moved out there. Mm. Um, I ended up getting like a, we got a place with um, a good friend of ours and then through a, her, uh, another guy. So we all just kind of like chilled in this small little apartment, like a four bedroom apartment, the three of us. And I mean, it was, there was like, there was good, bad experiences there. That is kind of where I learned. I am not, I just can't handle evangelical Christianity anymore. It was like the last I think, I mean, I had been doing a lot of changing, but then I, I you know, the last straw was like, a, it had to do with like a sermon on biblical gender roles. And I was like, okay, I'm, I am not into this anymore. Like I, that was like the solidified in my mind that I was ready to move on. Oh, wow. 
So are are you guys still in the Boston area? Yeah, I mean, technically, I live um, I live back in the town that uh, my wife grew up in, which is like a town, like two towns over from where I grew up. Oh, right on. Yeah, it's central Massachusetts is good enough. Good enough. <laughs> I mean, I don't. It's like who cares if anyone knows what town I live in? Just nobody knows it. It's like it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, what do you do for work then? What do you do for work currently? I, I work for a. It's like a regional. A uh, retail company that has stores throughout New England. Mm. We got like a hundred stores. Mm-hmm. I do corporate operations. It's kind of weird that I landed there. <laughs> Very glamorous, absolutely. Yeah, and it's not. I mean, it doesn't feel it when I'm. I guess it doesn't not feel it. It's just like I get a Bible degree and you end up being like doing. Yeah, like what can I do now? <laughs> and the stepping stones to get there were kind of interesting. Like, so I worked in my school's fulfillment office, sure, uh, which is like your mail room. And then I'm like, I grad, I worked in fulfillment. I got a Bible degree. I'm moving to Boston. I have to find a job. Mm. I don't know what the hell I can do. Mm-hmm. Funny thing is, I found a job posting for a fulfillment manager, and I was like, perfect. There you go. Uh, I do this. I, I, yeah, I was like, I've done this for four years, so I applied got the job that was a great place to work uh, i did that for six years and then after six years it was like felt time to move on and find something different maybe like grow in my field a little bit get a little bit more responsibility in the work world so i ended up finding the job that i have now i've been doing it for like three years so it's been cool i mean i, I like aspects of it uh i don't feel like a particularly corporate person so i feel like when i'm in there i have to like turn it on <laughs> And just be like, hey, yeah, this is like, okay, like nothing about my personality screams corporate. I just want to like hang out with my friends and say swears and do, I I just get the job done. Yeah. I don't, I don't feel corporate at all. So I feel like, especially growing up in like metal and hardcore, like it feels like so much of like sellout in some ways. Oh, wow. Yeah. Very against the punk ethos. Yes, it, it it is. And it's like, so it's just like, you know, super capitalistic, you know, it's like, I mm. generally have problems with our unfettered capitalism in this country. So I'm like, ah, what am I, ah, ah, what happened? <laughs> what happened was, you know, you get it, you have kids and you got to take care of your, like, just take care of your business is what it comes down to. Um, do you mind me asking how many kids you have? I have two Um, But I also have a 17-year-old foster son. We're going to take a quick break and be right back to our conversation. This episode of No Normal People is brought to you by the No Normal People Coffee Blend in partnership with Revel Coffee in Billings, Montana. This bright and complex coffee will come fresh roasted to your door for you to enjoy the delicious symphony of citrus, berry, spice, and chocolate notes. Visit highline.network slash shop to enjoy a cup of coffee as normal as our podcast guests. No Normal People is supported by our generous patrons who joined us at patreon.com slash nopeoplepod. You too can join the Normal People community to gain access to our private Discord, merch store discounts, and monthly bonus episodes. If you like what you're hearing, the best way to tell us about it would be on Apple Podcasts, where you can leave us a five-star rating and a review, which helps others find the show. 
If you find this podcast valuable, please tell a friend about the show in person with a text or by sharing about the show on social media. You can join us on Instagram and Twitter at NoPeoplePod. And be sure to visit our page at Highline.network where you can sign up for our email newsletter called The Three Thought Thing. No Normal People is a proud founding member of the Highline Media Network. Here's a quick preview of a recent episode from our sister show, The Whiskey Bench. Also, I have not forgotten about the cocktail I need to invent, inspired by the uninspiring Joe Biden, which... A very milk toast man, absolutely. Which, after, I think it was Alex... Suggested that it should involve Sprite and bananas in some capacity. Warm Sprite and bananas. <laughs> Is that the cocktail though? Like you don't even need alcohol. You just like <laughs> just warm. <laughs> just warm Sprite and bananas. I could just see Biden at his next uh, speak speech. <laughs> Talking about being a kid, and it's like, I remember going down to the soda store and getting warm sprite and bananas. Okay, here's the here's the drink. Okay, it's just it's warm, flat sprite with with hand mushed banana. And I, I I did determine that it'll be called a malarkey. Let's get back to our conversation. So, Sam, I am curious to ask, you've given me a breakdown of what your family makeup is like, and Dixie and I are actually in the middle of, uh, like, looking into the fostering system here in Montana ourselves. That's awesome, yeah. I, I was curious just to hear what that has been like for you. That's It's quite the commitment. Yeah, it's, um, my situation's different than most. So, actually, to uh, call back to the beginning of the episode when I mentioned my experiences with an the evangelical Christian system as someone who really like, I don't know, it, it mattered like what kind of kept me in it was like the, what I understood or my concepts of what Jesus was all about yeah. and what he was doing. So I, that's what resonated with me. And my only model at the time for that was evangelical Christianity. But I would argue that my commitment to my understanding of that is what kind of brought me out of it. But, mm. you know, so when that the church that I mentioned that I was part of in Boston, we did a like a a program in I guess you'd call it a it was like a low income housing development. But uh, I met the 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 boy who's our foster son now. I met him then. I met him when he was nine years old. Wow! Um, wow! Wow! And, and it was when he was eleven. After I had moved out of Boston, I had got a call from the court. I don't know saying. There was issues at the the house, like his mom had lost like their housing or whatever. So mm, I, mm. I just got a call saying that my name came up in court and they didn't really know who I was, but they're wondering if we, if he could live with us and wow. you know, he'd gone to DCF custody and we're just like, yeah. So we had him when he was 11 until, you know, he was able, he went, ended up going back with his mom hmm. that didn't last long. And then he ended up, we ended up having him, it was like for a summer in between, cause like he was from, he was in Boston. They wanted to keep him in his Boston school. They didn't want to like mo- relocate him. Like, right. um, so he spent a summer with us mm. and then he, he, when school started back up, they had found a place for him out in Boston, but he's 17. He'll be 18 in April. Mm. But when he was 16, he gave me a call and like he had moved back home and he just kind of had like 
straight zeros across the board for school. Right. So it was like, wow. he was like, I'm not, I'm just not doing very well. And I need, I just need some help. Um, so he asked if he could live with us and we were like, yeah, sure. So it, it's weird because like my understanding of it was that like he was like his case was closed and he would just come live with us hmm. and we would kind of just like be able to handle our own business. But it, it reopened the case with DCF and he came to live with us through. So we ended up getting back involved with DCF for like the third time. So that, that, that can be a little bit tough to navigate until they're, I mean, now he'll be 18 in April. So he'll, that DCF kind of just, removes themselves from the situation like he's still going to be part of it and they'll like help him out but it's no longer like we're not stuck with like all these like weird regulations right um, mm -hmm. you know, dcf regulations change between departments like he he moved from one department to another because the office is based on where the parents located and when he moved uh when his mom ended up moving changed departments and then all of a sudden the rules changed from one department to the other there's no like real consistent thing so like you know, he, he moved in with us under the pretense that like he could spend his like vacate his school vacations at in Boston and uh, go there for like long weekends, this or that. Mm -hmm. And then it, they after a short period of time, they were like, no, he doesn't have any approved place to stay out there. Mm. Uh, and then, of course, the pandemic rolls in. Wow. And yeah, totally. He, he moved with us. Like, he's remote learning now. So now he's just stuck in a house with us and has like, literally <laughs> like zero connection to any. It was a really difficult time for a little bit for everybody really but yeah absolutely um, like the adjustment period was really rough on on him yeah yeah so I, i'm curious to dig into the aspect of it w where you you tied it to the way you grew up in evangelical christianity and maybe maybe this kind of action like opening up your home to this guy is basically you like extending what you learned how, how does that fit in yeah, I, I just feel like this is the stuff that, not that Jesus had foster children, but mm. I just, my wife and I have always taken a posture of opening her, I, I want to, I guess, just say opening ourselves up to circumstances. I've never gone looking for anything. Uh, like, I haven't gone looking for different varying forms of responsibility because I mm. ultimately don't want to do anything except for, you know, after I put my, I just want to like go home. I just want to like watch TV and play video games at night like most people after you're done working. So like, right. I'm not going out of my way to look for new responsibilities. I'm uh, uh, often abdicating responsibilities mm. for the sake of personal enjoyment. So it's like, <laughs> but you know, whether it was like that, that woman that I mentioned previously who, who lived with us for a little bit until she's oh, yeah. back on her feet, which was a tough and difficult situation for us to be in and also put a bad taste in my mouth for the church. Right. You know, then we, I moved to Boston. Like I was someone, a friend of mine was like, this kid's making things difficult for um, what we're trying to do, like our program. Hmm. Um, would you maybe want to like do like a faux big brother type thing with him? And I, at first I was like, I just don't think so. Like, I just, I don't think I really want to do that. Hmm. I don't know how to really interact with kids too good. <laughs> I'm not super interested in that, but it was really my Christian guilt that made me think, I don't know. I, I probably should just say yes. Uh, so that's why I, that's what I did. I said, yes. And at that time it didn't even really have a, it was like a blend of like guilt, but also like, I really believe that we're supposed to care about people right? Um, yeah. and put ourselves out there for them, even if it's at our own 
um, expense or yeah so inconvenience exactly expense yeah so i was like i guess i'll just do it fairly reluctantly but that turned into the situation i'm in now so like i i definitely like th- that's what's just weird is spent i spend a lot of time pushing against um part of the i mean sorry i'll a little bit tangential <laughs> i'm gonna take a quick pivot um you know i'll spend a good amount of time like railing against typical whatever evangelical culture but i have like i took to it in a way that i i was passionate or in and changed by what i thought jesus was mm. and i'm like when when i see the way that evangelical culture and belief affects other people in a way that seems that they clearly don't care about the well-being of others maybe because it's at a distant arm and they they wouldn't say they don't uh it could be that if it was maybe someone who lived in close proximity to them and they liked them personally they would but i'm like everything i've seen and i don't know how political you get on this podcast but uh, too bad i'm going there um (laughs) everything i've seen over the past like five years up like with the election of donald trump and yeah and and the like the way the religious right has tied themselves to that i've been pretty disgusted um, and my transition out of it was well before that, but it's brought me to a point of like, I don't care about what anybody says they believe. Uh, and I think uh, to me, that's almost reinforced more <laughs> so that that's what Jesus was trying to say too, is like, you can tell me whatever you want. I, I believe you based on how you, what you do and how you live your life. And- right. Wow. Wow. Which is so, which feels, man, when you put it that way, Sam, it's like, you can tell me what you want to believe but I want to see how it like lives through you. Like, like growing up, I always heard we do not follow a works-based faith. Like it's all right. Right. right, It's all in the heart. It's all in the relationship and it's all, they wouldn't say it, but it's all in the, the good and airtight, like systematic theology. Right. Yeah. But I mean, maybe there is a little bit of a works component that we grew up (laughs) like lacking. Like that muscle was not developed in us at a young age because we were, we were, it was like everything by faith and grace alone. Like there's no action we need to worry about as long as we get it right intellectually. Yeah. It's like that constant back and forth argument of like, well, it's all grace and faith, but the evidence of grace and faith is work. It's like, you know how many works and we're not like, (laughs) what do you want me to tell you? Like, you're not doing anything. I don't. Right. Right. and we guess, and we have verses you we have verses in this Bible that you hold that say like uh, faith without works is dead and well, you'll that, know them right. by their fruits you'll know them by their fruits <laughs> come on and, and none of this is to say that like I self actualized and and I'm the only true this isn't a no true Scotsman fallacy <laughs> no, this yeah. is just like this isn't me saying I'm in and anybody else is out I'm just saying like I had a, I I really internalized what I thought the teachings of Jesus were. And wow. reluctantly, uh, I, when they were forced upon me, chose to do it in a way that had an impact on my life too. Like it wasn't like I did all these. I was really bad at, and still am often really bad at like doing the right. So even like in regards to the situation I'm in, I'm not. I don't know. I, I feel like um you could track my failures more than my where I've succeeded. But even in the previous situation that I talked about, it's like I. My, I mean, my end goal when that woman was living with us was to get her out of our apartment. Like she mm-hmm. was difficult. Right. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't fun. I, I didn't want to do, I was like, I, again, it kind of felt ob- 
obligatory, but uh, at the same time, I wanted to do it. And then when you're in it, you're like, I just want this to end. And then when it ends, you're like, I felt like I had a greater spiritual connection wow. during those times right. than I ever have outside yeah. of it. And that's the push and pull of life for me. It's like doing nothing is what I want to do. And then when I'm actually not doing nothing and having to do something for other people, I hate it. Right. And then when it's over, I'm like, why do I just like not feel like life means anything anymore? Like, it's like you can't I almost feel like there's like that bummer of like, I guess I can't you can't really be satisfied. But or I don't even know what satisfaction is, I would suppose, based on what I just said. It's yeah. like it, it is it's like you can't just do nothing. So anyway, I, I'm rambling, but I, I part of like this whole like that's the evangelical culture that I feel so frustrated by is like I, I feel like you're you know, what I was taught and the way I was taught allowed me to see Jesus in a way that made me want to, like, that made me think that's the way you should, we should be in the world to build whatever wow. kingdom it is that God's building. Yeah. And I don't see that very much through evangelical right. Christianity anymore wow. or, or maybe ever. Yeah. Right. What I, what I like about your story is that there, there's, <laughs> I like this tinge of reluctance in it, not because I don't know. It's unique, but because like, I think you following Jesus, even reluctantly is still what Jesus would want in like creating the kind of community that, that we're looking to make as Christians, right? Like, and you opening up your door to, you know, a woman struggling or a kid that needs a home and you become his foster father, like it's, it's community building is what it is. And I like that, uh, the aspect of it that sticks with you. It's like, it's always the serving other people that when you realize it's over, you're like, man, that felt meaningful. And now I feel like yeah. there's a hole in it. I don't, I, I don't think that anywhere in scripture, God specifically demands diligence. I feel like he more often demands availability. No. Oh, yeah. And, hmm. and that is like, I mean, that's how I function under the assumption when we start the foster care process like i am not yeah. i'm not doing this to remove children from bad places i'm doing this i'm making myself available mm -hmm. for people to be put in my care not to like actively seek those people out mm, right like i'm available to, to do this it's not i'm actively going out and you know building houses like i yeah. th like that kind of thought the whole like 10 day mission trip evangelical <laughs> thing like is the bane of my existence <laughs> the short term yeah. mission yeah. but like putting yourself in a position of availability so mm. like well and it becomes about it becomes about serving another person yeah like in sam's story like i think i think one of the things sam speaking of growing up christian uh it's like Especially in evangelicalism, it because because there's so much emphasis on your personal relationship with Jesus, it becomes very individualistic. Whereas what yeah, I what I, sure. what I hear in your story, like opening up your home to people who need just a place to sleep, mm -hmm. is it's foundationally community based. It's not individual. It's not individualism, right? It's a little bit of this collectivist. Like, no, we're here to like make sure everyone in our group is taken care of. Yeah. It's not just like it's making sure my hand. soul is fed. It's the open. Yeah. Hand. And it's not, and, like, and it's not based on merit or anything. Yeah. It's just like, it's just simply because we all live on this space rock. That you just <laughs> <Don't>, right. <laughs> should 
be there. I don't know. I again and, and reluctantly, if anything. I mean, even if reluctantly, like be mm-hmm. yeah. Have that available. And I think what you were saying, Dixie, is making yourself available is really important. I think one of the things that I've learned is um the expectations that I have uh about what how people will perceive it is right. Like the people that you're trying to help. It's like, you know, I mean every kid's different. Like and obviously there's certain aspects of of foster care it's like you don't know what type of trauma the kids are going to no, have exactly. in your home and right like if your expectations is for them to like oh i want to do this so i can teach them how to live a good life and be successful yes and i don't for some kids success is off the table it's just like survivability and, yeah. wow. and teaching yeah. them how to to just to get to get by. like tr- we we know that certain traumas make it very difficult for kids to be able to succeed in certain ways right. they become stunted in a lot of ways mm. and, and yeah it's it's like like it becomes about like basic life skills and holding down I, this is why things like again i keep taking things political and i know you're not a political podcast but this is why <laughs> things like um mandate like increasing minimum wages are important to me um mm-hmm. it's like I, I just feel like I've had enough direct experience with people who can't survive right. on yeah. a certain wage. And as they train, it's like, that's great. Like McDonald's is a really good job for kids in high school. And I don't give a shit if a kid in high school makes $7 an hour. I'm not worried yeah. about them. But if we can't figure out how to make it so that way, grownups who don't have, for multitudes of reasons, don't have the ability to maybe get a job different than an entry level position, like, we need to figure out a way as a society to not them over in their future generations. And the irony of like what I, I experienced in the Christian right is that, you know, we you're we're told that it's by grace alone that we're all saved and it's not by works and what we do doesn't matter if we right. get to this certain point. And then and then on the flip side you see those same that same group of people condemn people for past mistakes and right. just be like, well, you know, you've up when you were 18 and now you just don't get to make a good living mm. i don't know why i should have to pay for that and you're like what what about like what where's the disconnect mm. like yeah yeah Jeez. for those people and Ugh. that's really difficult for me to stomach at this point oh yeah <sighs> i'm curious to know so your your wife and you both went to liberty and graduated from liberty what has been this this process of kind of evolving in your faith and in your marriage, like, has that brought up points of contention as like one of you evolves in their faith faster than the other? Like, how do, how do you manage that tension while you as a household are pretty much like rethinking everything you grew up with? Yeah, that's a that's a good question. I, I think that a lot of people who grew up uh, in, in the worlds that we did um, as they have a change of pace in their understanding of things or maybe one changes and the other doesn't that does create uh that can create some tension um yeah totally you know a good friend of mine had you know i think that was kind of the catalyst for his his marriage ending Mm. after a while was just like him losing that interest um and and pulling away from it and his wife being very active in a church and wow yeah wanting to have a husband that thought that mattered too right instead of thought it was kind of dumb so like uh it's like that was tough um so i that's a i think that's a great question um you know i think for it for us 
um, and at least for me, uh, if you get my take on it, that a lot of the transi- transition has happened simultaneously. You know, wow. a big catalyst in it for us is um, um, you guys are familiar with maybe Shane Claiborne. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Nope. So I read him. <laughs> That's fine. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> when I, I'm not. I, I read, keep going. <laughs> oh man, get familiar with it. I we'll started get, reading. We'll that. Uh, I read a book from him in when I was at Liberty. I think to this day, I think he's the only per. He he still calls himself an evangelical. I find it hard to believe that he fits the bill, but mm. I'll let him. You know, he calls himself what he wants. If if he is, he's the only one at this point that I really have like the utmost respect for. Wow. Um, yeah. So so reading his book, Irresistible Revolution, for me is uh, late teens, like eight, nineteen, maybe twenty. Wow. Oh, yeah. I guess I was. Tw- I guess I would have been twenty one when I read it, but it was like this is it. Uh, uh, after everything I've learned, uh, after all the theology classes I've taken, the Greek classes. Bible translating, like this is what mattered. And it was, I mean, his whole story was, I'm not going to tell his story. If you ever just Wikipedia, everybody who's listening to Shane Claiborne, <laughs> if you don't know who he is. Yeah. If, absolutely. You do, if, you, if you're a Reddit atheist and you hate Shane Claiborne, you're the problem. Like he's, <laughs> he's the quintessential kind of Christian. He's doing the work to make this world a better place. So yeah we kind of both read that and that had a big influence and impact on our life and started our trajectory of what, you know, I mean, even to this day, I still think he resembles more about how I want to live in this world than, you know, he exemplifies it in a way that I still, I don't even know how to. Uh, So despite my differing theologies over time, I'm like, this is the way that I think that we need to be. So, you know, but see that highlights the thing is like, even if the beliefs don't line up, if you behave, if you act in such a way that it seems like Jesus is like kissing the earth somehow. Yeah. Like, yeah, the beliefs don't necessarily have to line up between Shane Claiborne and Sam Shipman. But if you guys are willing to act the same way and like put your weight behind creating more of a flourishing world, like I think that's what church is. Yeah, and I, or at least to, should be. Yeah, and, and to that point, my whether or not my beliefs line up with Shane's, I think because that became a catalyst for us. It was like it didn't really matter if my beliefs and my wife's lined up so much, you know. Like oh, and that was a mutual have, kind of realization for the both of you. Yeah, and at the time they did. I think now, like I'm a little bit more as much as I still consider myself to be Christian in the way that I like practice faith. Um, I, I, you could probably also argue that I'm agnostic, um, Mm -hmm. maybe post Christian. I don't really know what the right way to, I I mean, there isn't one vocabulary word that encapsulates all of somebody's beliefs. So I don't really care about the word that much, but Christian works. Uh, but I'm a little bit more unsure of things in some regard than maybe my wife is, but we're aligned on what it means and how it should look. So even if I, I mean, even if I decided tomorrow that I don't really think I believe in any form of God or higher power, but still found the Christian faith, a meaningful way to live in practice. um, I guess even just that, what, what I think its intent was and what I think the core purposes of Jesus was like, it still wouldn't really cause a whole lot of contention because 
we're still aligned in our, our purpose and, and mission in the world as opposed to like just checking boxes on ideology, right. uh, not ideologies, but theologies, you know, that's, wow. that's kind of secondary at this point. That's so good. I love that. I love that. That's a, that's a healthy relationship is what mm-hmm. it is. <laughs> yeah. I hope so. I don't know. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Well, we, we don't have a ton of time to talk these days with every time we start a conversation, we have a toddler being like, mama, mom, mom, mommy, mom, mommy, no, mom, yeah. mom, they, mom. And then you're like, what? And it's just them standing on their foot. You're like, yeah. Great. Yeah. That's really cool. cool. There you Good go. conversation. <laughs> well, Sam, it feels pretty clear to me at this point that I've, I've tapped into something that you might, would consider yourself passionate about, right? Having these types of conversations with people. And I think that's definitely highlighted by your own podcast. So would you tell me about your own show? Yeah. So my friend, so a friend of mine from Liberty, um, we were on the dorm together my first year, uh, Casey, him and I, we actually kind of lost touch after college. And it wasn't until he came to his work brought him to my area. Um, mm-hmm. and there were three, like me and my, my friend, Jesse, who I've already mentioned, he actually moved down to, he didn't go to Liberty, but he moved down to Virginia. My first, like the first place that I rented off campus was with him. Oh yeah. Uh, he just, nice. he moved down there just to hang out and live with me. So, and then another friend of mine who I grew up in church with, he also was at Liberty. So, so Casey was like, his work's bringing him here. And he asked if me and, you know, my two other friends still lived in this area. And I was like, yeah. And we got together, hung out for the night and kind of had some of these types of conversations about where we all ended up. He kind of moved on. I mean, that was a few years ago. I mean, but that just reconnected us. So we started just sending each other stupid memes and talking about Christian things and our upbringings. And he went to like a wicked conservative Christian high school where it's like, for anyone who doesn't know, it's called ACE. Um, mm. accelerated Christian education. If you yeah. look it up, um, yeah. go on the rabbit hole of that. Cause there's some really dark stuff there. Uh, but through talking, like we would just kind of jokingly be like, we should probably, like, maybe we should just start a podcast about growing up Christian and how weird it is. And we liked the dynamic because, you know, he wasn't a Christian anymore. He just didn't care at all. It wasn't like he's like this hardcore atheist or anything. He's just like, I have zero connection to it. Sure. I don't think I've ever really felt connected to it. Wow. Yeah. Spirit. I'm just not a spiritual person. I don't think. Mm. And he kind of drift. So he moved on mm. and now not everybody in his life maybe knew he moved on like he did until he started this podcast with me. But so that's been a fun experience for him. <laughs> uh, oops. But, yeah. What? Right. Yeah. Uh, so any, like, so after talking about it for a while, we just finally decided to, you know, just start up. So the, our podcast is called Grown Up Christian, and it's literally about that, talking to different people about their upbringings and faith. It's it's not so much um, intended to end anywhere. Um, I'm not. We don't really care where people ended up. Uh, mm-hmm. We're just interested in hearing about people's stories. For the most part, it's been people who have drifted out of your conservative evangelical culture because that's the dominating. Right. trend is people drifting out of Christianity or wanting to talk about it. Like, yeah. People who grew up like us, you could meet a stranger in a bar and talk to them for three hours. If you knew they had a similar upbringing in this way. Right. Uh, even if one person stayed Christian and the other didn't like, there's just a lot to talk about. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. And oh that's, man. That's and especially you still know happen. what you mean when you say PK. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> man. So, so growing up, listening to all 
types of the music you did. What was it like to talk to John Steigard on your podcast? So I have no idea. What's Hawk funny, Nelson, singer of Hawk Nelson. Yeah. Gotcha. So what's funny about talking to John Steingard is I was never really a big Hawk Nelson fan. I didn't really know Hawk Nelson. Oh, any okay. of their songs. Oh, right on. Um, <laughs> but Casey did. So for me, I mean, obviously it's a dude with some notoriety. So that was like interesting. He was like our first big guest. So yeah. Kind of, Ooh, this is, <laughs> it's happening. this was going to be, it was like kind of <laughs> like uh, intimidating, but then it was like, all right. Like as soon as you get the conversation rolling, I'm like, oh, he's kind of a regular guy. And you just kind of, who likes to have the same conversations we're having now? It's like, right. I mean, he's smart. I, he's one of those people who seems to read something and remember it for the rest of his life. So he has oh, a lot to say. Oh, don't you hate people? That, uh, oh, that's, yeah. it's infuriating Steven, to me. Yeah. You're that person. No. Don't say that. Am I? Yes. <laughs> okay. Well, oops. <laughs> just like I read, this, I read I, this chapter of this book 17 years ago. I know. And here's the, the exact line <laughs> word for word. Thanks, Steven. <laughs> I absolutely know the feeling, Sam. When you hear someone else do it, though, you're just like, come on. Like, what? What? Yeah, well, I can't do that. I'm the kind of guy that watches like a 20 second, I mean, 20 <laughs> minute thing. And I'm like, oh, my God, I learned so much. I'm going to tell everybody. And then I tell them, they're like, what the f- are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. What did like, you just oh, say? I don't know. I don't right. know things like that. Oh, but <laughs> that's how so, I am, too. <laughs> so Casey went and got to have John on. What was it like to then get Jesse from Killswitch and Gage on your podcast? That well, like, that was the big, that was a yeah that felt well, that was a little more satisfying for me. <laughs> yeah, no, I believe As, it. Yeah, and someone I, I'm who, over here like who? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sorry. As someone who like, I mean, Killswitch is one of the first metal bands that I really got into, especially because they're from my area. Absolutely. Uh, so they're like huge in this area, like gigantic. Like, but I mean, they're huge everywhere. Like, they've done world tour after world tour so it's just funny that like even the way that it worked out i'm just like when he was like yeah i'll do it i was like i didn't think you were even going to get this uh you know. <laughs> so that was cool see it that's never awesome, mind dude. respond I, I i mean a response of nah man that's just not for me i'll be like huh he emailed me back that's amazing and but when he's just like this sounds like fun i was like what <laughs> i'm sorry what? okay wait yeah. yeah it's like i think you misunderstood the question <laughs> you're supposed uh, to say i don't know you why are you talking to me yeah. so was that um, the same experience though you got into the conversation you're like okay we can do this even if you were a, a little nervous at the beginning yeah i mean as soon as i started talking to him like this it just and that's what's so fun for me about these conversations and people who grew up similarly it's like it doesn't matter who they are like the shared experience is it, there's just so much of it that mm. it doesn't matter if you're talking. I mean, it doesn't matter who you're talking to and how big of a name they are. Like, it's just like you can level on that. It's not about who knows more or who's done more. It's like you're all going back to the shared experience that you had and what it was like and, and where you've gone from that and how that was a catalyst for sending you off into a different direction. Because, you know, this upbringing and some of the weirdness that comes with it. You know, I just ran some polls recently on our podcast page and I'm like about who grew up Christian, who wasn't Christian. Do you consider yourself Christian still? Do you consider yourself progressive Christian? If you're still Christian, like all sorts of things, all of the, I mean, the information was actually a lot different than I was expecting it to be. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. I was like, what is going on? The amount of people who were like, yeah, I'm still Christian and don't call themselves progressive or liberal Christians. I was like, that's way more than I was expecting. It was like 30% almost. And I'm mm. like, why? I don't even know why those people are listening. I mean, keep <laughs> listening, please. 
but I don't know why you are. Like but they're fun I, stories. That's the point. Like that's and that's it, right? Like exactly. Like that's why it's like you could be talking. It just doesn't seem to even matter. Like if even people who don't consider themselves liberal Christian that grew up in the like '90s, early 2000s evangelical culture are like. There was some weird stuff about yeah, that. Yeah, we have some stuff to talk, talk about, about for sure. Like, <laughs> yeah. Even if you can still agree on some of like the tenets or the basic theologies, like you're still just like, that was a, it was weird to put pretzels between your toes and feed them to other youth group students. Yes. That's weird. Yes. Yeah, you could say that. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, youth group games though. Oh, oh come on. I just like, <laughs> like my face just like glazed over thinking about youth group again. Yeah. I'm just like, right? oh God, yeah. we did some good that. times there. Oh. <laughs> Man, love it. So if people want to listen, I know they can find it pretty much anywhere podcasts are found, right? Apple, Spotify, all the all the usual channels. Um yep. I also have Instagram at Growing Up Christian Podcast and Twitter is at G U C podcast. Yes. And I will put links in the show it. notes for everyone as well to make sure we get oh, yeah. we That's get awesome. people. It's over also, there. I mean, follow on Facebook. Honestly, oh yeah. I hate Facebook with a burning passion. We we started a Facebook page for this podcast and for a couple others and a few months into trying to maintain the Facebook page, we were like, nah, we're just going to stick with Instagram and Twitter. It's yep. terrible. <laughs> Facebook Although, is just like, well, oh, my, it's like, it's just extortion. Really? Yeah, yeah right. that is, that is very true. Although we would get more views on Facebook when we did live. Yeah. It was useful stuff. for the live streams. Like uh, when COVID first started, oh, we started live streaming and we would run IGTV and Facebook live simultaneously. And a lot more people were on Facebook, but even then, Even I was then like, man, was I can't. I just can't. I don't like this ecosystem. I just rebel now. That's interesting I that it. I got more. Yeah. I mean, first of all, it's clunky. I hate the aesthetic of it when you're like flipping to the page. But then when you're like, every time you go to it, it's like, oh, guess what? One person saw it. You do you want more people to see it? Pay us $20. Yeah. And you're like, I don't want to do this. Should have stayed on MySpace. <laughs> Everything is behind that stupid paywall for Facebook. Yeah. yeah. And it's if yeah. you pay I it think- once, it even becomes more difficult. So you have to keep feeding the beast. Oh, is that true? That's what I've been wondering about. About yeah. how like you paid if you it, pay didn't it, you? It, no, I haven't. <laughs> I was no. like, you gave it money, didn't you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Not my i've strengthened my resolve oh gosh but yeah so we we abandoned facebook as well but that a band name strengthen your resolve i feel like that (laughs) i mean it is now totally should be (laughs) totally should be that's a classic verb the noun (laughs) verb your noun i guess whatever whatever oh my gosh sam this has been so fun (laughs) chatting and getting to know you i love this uh just I, i love what you're about i love your podcast uh, it was so fun to listen Thanks. to Jesse and and John both on your show because I've heard John on other other shows like Bad Christian yeah. or whatever. But then just like knowing you're also kind of in this like startup podcast phase along with like some of my other shows, it's like man, we're just you're doing it. You got the big name guests already, and it's so cool <laughs> to watch. I love it. Yeah, thanks, man. To uh, to get us closer to wrapping up here, uh, I'm curious to ask if you have any other hobbies besides podcasting that you like to and disc golf, I guess. I have, that's it. Honestly, <laughs> that's your life like, right I, there. I look, I used to ski like, Oh, I used to love skiing. I feel like that was the most peace. Oh, there you like, go. Yeah. Going up on a, like a chairlift all by yourself. I like skiing by myself. A lot of people go with friends or people go and they listen to music. I hate it. Like I never, I would just go in total silence. I'd go up on a, I'd wait until I get a chairlift by myself. Just go up. I love that. And I haven't done that in years. Mm. 
So it's not really a hobby, but that's like my my big goal is mm-hmm. for skiing to become a hobby again. Oh yeah. So oh hey, back to your bucket list question. I just want to I want skiing to be a hobby again. That's it. There you go. Skiing's a hobby again. I'll be happy when I die. Love it. Um, do you like to follow any particular morning or evening routines on a daily basis? So I don't uh like to do that really. <laughs> I try to like um, I like to get up more than 15 minutes before I start working. <laughs> oh, there you go. Fair. I mostly work or have to leave for work. And then, um, but I got this, I got a puppy and it's not as fun as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> so oh. I'm yeah. like, I have to now you have this to. Thing. Yeah. You got to take it. But I got a dud. Stuff and... <laughs> like, you got mine's a, dud? a total dud. <laughs> yeah. He's a dud. So like, we take it like my wife and I are like, all right, who's getting up this morning? Like we'll alternate, whatever, figure out who's taking him for a walk. Right. He doesn't like walks and it's annoying. <laughs> like I'm like you, he's a lab boxer mix. So he's got a ton of energy. Oh my gosh. And then I'm like, he won't go more than 20 feet past our house. And then he just digs his legs in and into the dirt road that I live on and he will not move. You can pick him up, walk 30 feet, which I've done and I look like an idiot and I'm glad it's dark out <laughs> and I put him down and he just tries to go back to the house. Oh you get back to the house all he wants to do is run around and I'm like, we can't even take him for walks in the morning. Wow. So he's broken. Wow. I don't, there's no return policy for broken dogs. There you go. So he's, so he's the one forcing now. a little bit of a morning routine on you. But otherwise, yeah. otherwise, and, it's not your thing to think about routine either. Morning routine. Yeah. And if, if morning routine just involves waking up and immediately being frustrated, then that's my morning routine. That's uh, my morning routine. Fair too. enough. And yeah. I don't even have a dog. Seems to work. Yeah, you just wake up and you're like, I hate morning. It's <laughs> Today, so frustrating. It right. happened again. <laughs> Do you have any other pets in the house? I have three cats. Oh, yeah. Whoa. I mean, nice. cool. That's cool. What are their names? Uh, Gambit. Love Saber it. and Cricket. Oh, these are good. These are good cat names. And what's the puppy's so name? So the first two. So uh, my dog's name is Albus, as in Albus Dumbledore. Yes! Oh, of course. So you won Dixie. My, um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So our, my original theme. So I had another dog that uh, we had to put down a few months ago, oh. and we got that dog right when. Right, uh, a couple years after I got married, uh, but this dog got cancer and Aww. wow, dang, died ahead of her time. She was a Westie. Do you guys know what Westies are? No, I don't. Mm, is They're it like, like a different than an Eastie? Wow, uh, yeah, wow, because uh, there isn't an Eastie. <laughs> wow, so default difference in an Eastie. <laughs> uh, Westie, West Highland Terrier. You know, like oh, okay. everybody knows the dog from like uh, the Wizard of Oz. Yeah. Oh, yep. That's a Karen Terrier. A West Highland Terrier is the exact same dog, but it was just bred to be white. <laughs> oh, it's okay. like a pure, like a completely white dog. Oh, my it's like the Caesar Milan, like you know, like Caesar Milan on his food. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there you go. We um, literally, we, my grandma had a dog exactly like that, and it was white. Okay. And it was white, but we called it the other one. <laughs> I had no oh, idea West that Island. they were. Nice. Yeah, it's usually abbreviated West But so we had a her and she was the best dog in the entire world her name was rogue so the original the original series was gambit saber is short for saber tooth and then there was rogue all x-men names i was a huge x-men fan Mm. huge yes and then um 
Now you got to kill your cats and name all of the your new cats after Harry Potter characters. No, (laughs) so that might be the chip. Don't don't kill your cats. So I, I got like naming right. I didn't want pets, so I at least got naming rights. Oh, oh that's good. There you go. I and like that. Now a lot. I love my pets, but I um and then we got Albus and I, I'm I'm not quite the I, I still like X Men by <laughs> um by uh nostalgia. Right. But I just like the passion's gone, you yeah. know. Like I'm like, oh we we need to name this dog. I, I couldn't find a good one. It's yeah, like, that's fair. Let's let's shift over to Harry Potter. Yeah. There you go. That was the I'm right answer. My sister named her cat well, we named her cat Weasley. Yeah. <laughs> we almost went with Dobby for my oh, dog. And Dobby is honestly would have been better. Would have been better. It's a pretty solid dog <laughs> name. You got, a dog got like dog. these stupid ears. And this There's goofy face, and you've you're only like, had him for like a month, more... right? Yeah, Change no, it. we've had he, oh, he's like mind. big now. Okay. He's, we've had we when did we get him? He's full five almost five months old now. Whoa, whoa, they grow so yeah. fast when in puppy phase, it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's ridiculous, it's, it's insane. All right, oh man, okay, so we're in our closing questions now. Once again, dude, thanks for being on the podcast. This has been a blast. <laughs> Yeah, man. This has been great. We uh, want to check in. We want to ask what you're currently reading, if anything. Yeah, uh, I'm in the middle of a book called The Power Worshippers, The uh, Dangerous Rise of Religious Nationalism. Whoa. Um, That is a lot. And uh, we just interviewed her on our podcast. So if you want to check out the Growing Up Christian podcast, you can find um, our interview with the author of that book and she was wonderful Whoa. Dude, just fantastic freaking, well freaking done. name dropping yeah getting into what the heck? it what yep. are you currently listening to let's start with music like what comes on when you bring spotify up i have been listening to a band called the home team non-stop for months think like old fallout boy meets like good music yeah <laughs> I love describing that's it that I way. Wanted. That's so good. That's what I wanted when I was listening to Fall Out Boy. I was like, this is <laughs> like, this is almost it. I want good music. It's a lot more technical. That's <laughs> like just like generic core. I liked old, honestly, like I did like old Fall Out Boy. Yeah. Like I'll still throw I could throw back to that, no problem. Yeah. But this is like vocally, it, it there's like that that high, like pop punky. I don't know. There's something I love his voice, but um Fallout Fallout Boy is just one of those bands that you're like this is good, but it definitely could be better. <laughs> right. And this is that. It's, it, this is that. It's like a, the music is way more technical and it's just fantastic. I've, I, I'm, in, I'm going to be embarrassed uh, come December when Spotify is like, this is what you listen to and how much you all listen year. to. Oh, man. Yeah. And That's going to be all be Hamilton for me. Theater. So I don't. <sighs> I go. saw Hamilton in Boston. How no dare you? No way you did. How yeah, did how? To, I'm just going to. I have to throw it out there. That's a how, brag. I know. The arrogant. I'm an arrogant. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. so good. I'm so well, bad. Now, now we're very jealous. <gasps> Green with jealousy over here. Come on. What about what about podcasts? What uh, what are you into right now? So podcasts. I have. I used to listen to a ton of podcasts, and then I started working from home, and. Mm-hmm. Like my, I, I had over an hour commute to work. So I would have like two hours a day where I'd just listen. Sometimes I'd get like an hour or so of listening in during the day. But ever since like really since last year, I got, well, I got furloughed for a bit. So I didn't listen to much for three months. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then, 
I got back to work and like started working from home and I just don't listen to a ton. But lately, if I'm going to listen to one, I've been listening to This Is Important. Mm-hmm. Um, that's with the dudes from the show Workaholics. I don't know if you. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I, I, I love that show. They started a podcast and that's some good fun. Uh, I listen. These are the ones that I'll like throw on pretty regularly. Um, if when I get the time, um, you have permission with Dan Coke. Yeah. Yes. Yes. We just, um, we just interviewed him for the podcast for our growing up Christian podcast too. What? You're doing uh, it. Are you That's serious? Fantastic. Yeah. So that one will be coming out in probably a good few weeks. I don't know. That one will be a few weeks. That's I've got fantastic. such serious FOMO right now. Like what the <laughs> hell? <laughs> well done. And, well done. Uh, I, I mean, how many do you want? I can go down the list. I listen to Freedom. Scott Ackerman is uh is that podcast. Yep. Uh, Two Bears, One Cave. That's a Tom Segura, Burt Kreischer <laughs> podcast. I like comedy podcasts a good bit, so I listen to like Your Mom's House, which is Tom Segura's other podcast. You made it weird with Pete Holmes. Yeah. Yep. Like yes. a, but you know, just all uh, love it, love it. I'm sure we could talk about podcasts forever if I allowed us to. But uh, <laughs> fact. Last closing question here is what are you currently watching? Any shows you're in the middle of? Yeah. So I've been in the middle of this one for a while. I mean, I watch my wife and I always have like shows we watch independently and <laughs> a show we watch together. Yep. Right. We are, we are the exact same way. Yeah. And our tastes don't often overlap. Like, right. Also we don't the like same way. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Steven's like watching House of Cards and I'm watching The Good Place for the 17th time. Oh, right. I loved the good place though oh the good place is my happy place yeah i love that show it's you so want to good. know my favorite am i as uh can we do spoilers yes. here i don't know if anyone i don't i don't but care <laughs> i want to talk about the thing that i've gone back to more times than i care to admit since watching that show which is when they realize when they talk about um how you can't buy a tomato without getting yes. negative points. Yes. Yeah. And that means that's, like, that's an important point. I, that's really philosophically I love important. it when she's like, the first thing I did was Google fresh, juicy red tomatoes. It took me to a porn site and I never yeah. recovered. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, you can't buy a tomato at the grocery store without getting like negative points yeah. because that tomato came from a place that was harvested by people who were underpaid yeah and it's like it's oh my so god like, good you can't i i still think about that <laughs> frequently this, I, I don't really know show... where to expand from there it's just like that one stuck with me is like this is why this concept of like quote unquote like being a good person i think there is being a good person but then like the, you also have when to people do really good dig things. into that like i'm a good person i think i'm fine not that i think really anyone's in danger of going to hell but yeah. like how we break down what it means to be a good person in a society that is so corrupt i'm like i'm still reeling from that yeah you know, totally like, it's so good uh, i watch it I've, like constantly I, and like i thought about that when like buying my first laptop and i'm like somebody like this was made by oh, like in a sweatshop yeah year old with bloody fingertips just yeah. putting the keys in and, and it's but like it's so good <laughs> And you're like, I can't buy this from being a person. Uh, wow. A good place is great. Yeah. Even, I mean, if you didn't watch a good place, you I've got to get that new iPod. Oh, no. Though, I'm, I'm definitely in on this show. The, the line I always come back to is like uh, right at the very end of the series 
when when Jason is the first one to realize that it's time for him to go through the uh through the end of the good place door, you know? Yeah. And they ask him, like, how did you know? Like, how did you at the at his going away party? They're like, How did you know it was time? And his the line that has stuck with me forever since finishing that show is when he says, I it was when I realized that the air in my lungs was the same air outside of me. And I was just like, Oh, like <laughs> he freaking got me. Come, come on. Like mystical. <laughs> yeah. He finally throws out something that matters. Oh, like, my, my favorite gosh, line so is good. Michael being like, don't be immature. I'm talking <laughs> about my <laughs> testicles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That show. The, I loved the end of that show. I really. It's right? so good. I, I had a friend who didn't care for it. And I'm like, because it, it didn't feel like it, it built up to like they felt like there was gonna be like a bigger and I'm like that like how that do come you get down bigger exactly <laughs> I felt so at peace watching the end of that mm-hmm. that you were like oh this is like you almost feel like you get it and I'm like I feel like there was at points of watching it where I'm like. I'm okay. I'm ready to die too. I'm, I'm ready to with go. You guys. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We have a friend, um, her husband passed away, um, a couple years ago now and she watched it before we watched it. And I like spoilers. So she texted me and she's like, this is how it ends. And I hate it. And she Ooh. specifically didn't like it because she didn't like the idea of like Chidi choosing to leave Eleanor, like him being done and leaving Eleanor. And how that made her feel about her husband passing away Mm. which i totally get but at the same time it's like yeah but like we're all our own people like we need to get to these places when we get to these places you know so idea of finding a way to communicate the peace you can have about just being ready Mm -hmm. is like that's what we want when we die yeah like that's what i think is so beautiful about the way they ended that show is like there's a piece of just ceasing to exist. And that's ultimately what we're looking for when we're dying. Like people are so afraid to die. And it's like, how do you know? How will you be ready? Aren't you going to be scared? Like there's so much question around death yeah. and that show in dealing with quote unquote death in the afterlife. It's like, they just, I felt like they brought it home. Yeah, so good. It's so I good. know this isn't, this isn't a, a good place show, but we just made it one. <laughs> we are going to start another now. podcast Oops. called the good podcast. <laughs> I'm going to, what if I flip this and ask you guys how you feel about, and then like dying or like yeah. really just, can I make this your longest episode yet? <laughs> <laughs> we just talk about the good place for another three hours. <laughs> I think it's possible. I think it's I possible. Could do we it. could definitely I could freaking make that happen. do it. Uh, but, no. but alas, I think it's, it's time. It's still not too late for you guys to say something that's going to make me uh, drag this out even longer. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Man, well, uh, we've, we've kept you long enough. It's almost 11 your time. What? Yeah, he's Eastern. Yeah. Oh, I always that's fine. I'll probably go play Assassin's Creed Smart. Uh, Valhalla after this anyway. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Oh, oh man, Sam! Thank you so much for being on the show. Um, once again, people can find your podcast, Growing Up Christian, wherever good podcasts are, and Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I'll have links in the show yep. notes as well. And you'll find our new podcast, The Good Podcast, a spinoff yeah. on The Good Place, right? Where we just talk about The Good Place forever. Yeah, it's gonna be us nonstop rambling. Yes, I'm into it. Just well, Kristen Bell. Oh. Right. Sorry. Okay. Sorry. You're getting us started again. I know. I'm sorry. Calm down. (laughs) Sam, would you close us out by reading our favorite quote for the podcast? 
Yeah. The only normal people you know are the ones you don't know very well. Thank you for joining us. You can follow the Hennings on Instagram and Twitter at Stephen G. Henning and at Dixie Lee Henning. Our theme music is composed and performed by Stephen and Dixie Henning and was recorded, mixed, and mastered by Austin Smith. Our artwork is designed by Dixie Lee Henning. Find more of her work at DixieLeeDraws.com, at DixieLeeDraws on both Instagram and TikTok, and at DrawsDixie on Twitter. Welcome to the Whiskey Bench. Every episode, we pair a new and delicious cocktail with a roundtable discussion about philosophy, politics, or current events. Whether we're tackling the January 6th Capitol riots or Twitter's censorship faux pas, we aim to look past the simple answers and discuss the complexity of our world. Or we discuss the unanswerable philosophical questions like if mankind is fundamentally good or evil. And I discover I might be a communist. So follow the Whiskey Bench if you're into questions like these. Highline Media Network. Normal people in normal places.